I'm Kier from In Defense Of, a podcast member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the one you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 316 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. This is recorded live on Sunday, June 17th. Excuse me. Yeah, June 17th. That's right. June 17th, 2018. Sorry, it said 61718 in my taskbar, and I went, wait, 61718? Shouldn't it be 161718? And I had a complete Space Cadet moment. (laughs) Uh, I've been up too long today. Far, far too long. And I'm still not awake yet. Yay! I woke up at 6 o'clock and was out doing uh, gardening with the Homeowners Association today and getting a bunch of stuff planned, which needed to be done, but god damn, I miss sleeping in. I woke up at like 4.50 with vicious hangover, or uh, heartburn hangover. I haven't had a hangover in years. I've been good. <laughs> so I woke up at yeah, like 4.50 in the morning, and like at first I couldn't figure out like if a noise woke me up or something. I was like, why the fuck am I awake? Because like, I was dead asleep to startled awake, like super awake, and then I was like, Oh shit, my chest hurts. It's like, uh, like I literally had to get up and take my. I actually I have a medication for my heartburn because it gets bad sometimes. That late night pizza is not helpful, but it's, it's not helpful so, at all. So, so delicious. It is. I had, I had pizza in a movie last night after doing some actual, getting some artwork done. I was rewarding myself and then I paid for it. Yeah, I didn't fall back asleep until like 5 30. <laughs> oh man, that's. That hurts. Yeah, that's my yeah. problem. I've been waking up early lately. Like the past two weeks, I've just woke up early all the time. And I don't like it. And I'm tired of it. And I don't want to be a grown up anymore. I want to be able to be like college Chris. You'd be like, I'm going to go to sleep at 3 a.m. and sleep till 3 p.m. and then go out to the bar all night the next night. Maybe not that uh, part, but I want that energy back. Yeah, I miss that time. I miss that energy. But hey, guys, welcome to the show. We had a pretty good chat room this morning during our pre show. We've had some good banter going back and forth. It's been fun. Now we get to do the actual show show. And I know I said this during pre-show, but for those of you that are listening at a later date or watching live now, Willie is not here today, but don't worry. He did leave us some stuff. He's got about a 12-minute live report he did live report he did for us that will <laughs> queue up when it comes time to news of the week. So you will be getting your dose of Willie Nelson this week, we promise. Not the cool Willie Nelson that plays the, music, the, but the Reverend's E3 report. oh so you know i wanted to keep the surprise so all i did was listen to the start of the file because he did a little intro and said here's where you need to cut things out and i cut the piece to the very beginning of it and then i listened to the last 30 seconds so that i could clean up anything at the end if he's like was doing post run stuff so you're gonna play an audio piece for willie that you didn't listen to first well i figured it would give a more genuine reaction then you're a gutsier man than I am, sir. Yeah. So, oh, so guys, you do know off the internet. You do know that's coming. We're gonna have some <laughs> some Willie Nelson live thought and commentary. You do know if you've watched the show, Willie gets big into the Sony events at E3. He's gonna tell you all about his thoughts and feelings on the Sony event. While he's not here today, he's riding roller coasters, and I'm super jealous. Super jealous. That does sound like fun. Other than I think right now that would probably make me puke. yeah that would be uncomfortable i think they left yesterday because he texted me on friday he's like oh dude problem i was like what he goes i'm going to an amusement park i didn't even realize it was sunday i was like dude it's no big deal 
<laughs> we're not going to be like, no, you must do the show. No. I'm we'll not- tell them that next time. I don't want to be that mean. I mean, I'd feel bad. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess that works. I mean, we've got some willy buttons on the soundboard if we need them, but I'm going to try not to get into things like that because I'm trying to be good about soundboards. <laughs> sure you don't want to be a radio disc jockey? You know, funny enough, I was t- I think Suncast was on this thread and he's in the chat room. I got a random email like 2 or 3 weeks ago that was offering me a radio job in North Carolina and I was like, "Um, no. No, I don't even know what it was about. But it was something about st- I think it was asking me more to apply more than anything else, but I looked at it and went why the hell would someone think radio for me unless they've been watching podcasts? And I went, yeah, I don't want to move to North Carolina really. Other than the fact, I guess I could hang out with Willie, which would be all right. Well, then I went, you know, I don't know if I want the pay cut to go be working radio. And then all (laughs) the time it would take to do radio. And I don't say that arrogantly, but radio is not what it used to be anymore. So I was sitting there, I was going, I don't think the salary is equivalent to what I do now. And the hours would be crazy nowadays, depending on what shift you work. I was going to say, yeah, because morning radio, like, those people are insane. Like, getting up and going to work at, like, 3.30 in the morning yeah, so every day for, like, 20 years. Like, oi. So there's a morning radio show I listen to from time to time. It's syndicated. It's called The Lex and Terry Show. They're based out of Texas. And they start airing at 6, PM, 6 a.m. Eastern, so 5 a.m. Central. Well, the one host three or four years ago had to move back to Seattle because he had some stuff that went wrong. So he lives in Seattle and has to start the show every morning at 3 a.m. his time. I mean, I'm just sitting there like, man, the money must be good. You must like your job. But man, I can't imagine how quick it would get old to be like, well, it's 9 p.m. guys. I got to go to bed so I can get up to do the 3 a.m. radio show. I mean, the trade-off is you start work at 3 a.m. Even if you do work after the five hour long show, you've got production meetings and stuff like that. You pretty much got the entire afternoon to do whatever you want. So I guess yeah, you're off work at noon. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it would still suck. I mean, getting up, having to be at work at 3 a.m. every day. Let me rephrase. Yeah, that would suck. No, but there's a part of me, not not current day, Chris. But if we go to Chris like 10 years ago that thought radio, that could be an interesting thing to do. But I don't know that I do. okay podcasting. I don't know. But that's because it's fun and it's a hobby and I enjoy it most of the time. I don't know if I would like it as my job because I, I don't know if it would be as fun if I was doing it every day and not necessarily on things that I enjoy, but just because you've got to do it. Well, plus, yeah, I, I also wouldn't like the idea of being able to lose your job if you have a potty mouth. Well, there's like, a dump button, thankfully, on a lot of these things now. But but I mean, yeah, but radio, it's so easy to get fired. Like, the restrictions are so stringent Thank for you, the Jan radio hosts. <laughs> no joke that's when a lot of the fcc rules changed was with the nipple gate for lack of a better term with the super bowl nipple gate nipple gate uh that might be the name of this week's episode i haven't decided it could be hashtag nipple gate sorry yeah, see, I, I, I like a format where i get to say the seven words that george carlin got arrested for so well, I mean, and that's the difference you've got with podcasting now is look at what happened with, uh, what was it? Adam Carolla had a successful radio show for years upon years out in Los Angeles. Now, at least I think I haven't looked recently, but he was doing a podcast of his own that basically replicated that morning radio show or he could do and say whatever he wanted. Yeah. And then he owned it. Right. I mean, in today's world, there's a lot of folks that are able to successfully live and make money by doing podcasting and things like Patreon and stuff like that. Look at like uh, Tom Merritt with all the shows he does, uh, Brian Brushwood and Justin Robert Young and things like that. 
they make a good living by doing podcasts and doing shows for people and putting it up on Patreon. It's it's an evolving world and the radio world is slightly shifting. I mean, how do I put this best? When's the last time you listened to the radio, really? I listen to the radio every day going to and from work because the pony tape in my car doesn't work anymore, so I can't listen to podcasts while I'm driving. Okay, that, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, but in all honesty, for me, if I'm if I'm in my car, I put my phone's Bluetooth into the stereo and I listen to podcasts or I listen to Google Play Music or something like that. Like I re-up my satellite radio again, and I went, "Why did I do that?" About a month afterwards, and I said, "You know what? When it runs out this time, I'm not going to do it again because what I want, I can get on my cell phone nine times out of ten. Yeah. It would also help you yeah, if I didn't have a car that was 23 years old and had a Bluetooth connection, then, yeah, I'd probably still be listening to my iPod. Well, no, because the, the Bluetooth on the iPod, I have a little Nano that still hasn't mm. died. So, yeah, running Bluetooth on it sucks the battery down super quick. Okay, so Draftsman, I have to say, I do listen to NPR in the mornings, too. I just didn't make the connection. Here's the thing. I didn't think about national public radio being radio because I don't listen on my radio. I come downstairs... And I talk to my Amazon voice services device and ask her what's new, which then plays the news from NPR and things like that. So hmm. things have changed. Like I listen to what would be normal traditional radio on a streaming device sometimes. It's really weird. That is strange. The market has changed, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how we got on this aside, but it was entertaining. <laughs> I was using the cassette adapter for my uh, Ford Taurus when I had it too. Just I see Sailor Poland saying he's using one. Yeah. For his minivan, because that's how I listen to podcasts. Yeah, I've had one forever, but yeah, for some odd reason, my tape deck now, it starts doing that thing where it's flipping. It's trying to flip the side to the other side of the tape. And so I'll plug in my iPod, play a podcast, put in the pony tape, and then every 30 seconds, or sometimes every five seconds, the tape deck starts to flip, and so it'll mute the word while it's trying to flip. So yeah, it's like, well, okay, this is done. Do you have a line yeah. in on that one? You could just use the line in if you do. No, it's okay. a 95 Taurus. Like, it's old. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky. I was thinking I was lucky it had a tape deck. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, worst comes to worst, what they do have. And I've used one of these ages ago on a road trip for work. It was one of the FM adapters for, like, an iPod or whatever that plugs into the headphone jack that you can set to a radio station which doesn't have much range, but is enough that you can do... Yeah, Sailor Poland's talking about right now. FM transmitter, which means you can broadcast only <laughs> enough distance to basically reach your car as long as there's not another station there and you can do it that way. Yeah, I think I'll just wait till I get a new car. <laughs> that also works. But guys, we've dilly-dallied enough. We've talked about all sorts of ra- excuse me, random weird stuff today. I think it's time that we just roll on in to that news of the week. Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. So we're going to save Willie's news for after I do my news, because... Why not? We're get we're gonna knock the E3 stuff out at the very beginning because I want to talk real quick about some of the stuff that came out of Microsoft and Nintendo, and then Willie's gonna touch on the PlayStation stuff because he's far more invested in that. Whereas with me having a Switch and an Xbox, I'm a little more invested in that. And remind me at the end of the show to talk about Xbox. Uh, I'll put a note on here. This is great podcast production right here, as I remember something I was going to talk about and write it down. 
Yeah, so, you should you should talk about Xbox at the end of the show. I will talk about Xbox at the end of the show. It's it even says <laughs> so. In fact, right here on my notes. <laughs> There's your sneak preview at the end of the show, guys, if you're watching live. So E3 was this week. For those of you that are like me and have been a gamer, have taken a break, come back, things like that, you have great fond memories of seeing all sorts of games, announcements, hardware, software, things like that that come out of it. One of the things that Nintendo did announce was a couple new things that are coming out. Top of the ones, probably Super Smash Bros. Ultimate coming out. If you were a fan of the Smash Bros. games in the past, my guess is you're going to like it. They made a promise and said that if a character has ever been playable in any Super Smash Bros. game, they are playable in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. So there is a shitload nice. of characters. This includes Cloud from Final Fantasy, Solid Snake from the Metal Gear Solid games, the Ice Climbers, things like that. Every person who has ever been playable is back. And I think this drops early December, and I think I already put my pre-order in. Because, uh, yeah, I've always <laughs> wanted to play that one again. There's another Mario Party game coming out, which I think makes a lot of sense for Switches. And you'll be able to network Switches together so everyone can play on their own devices. Or they can just put multiple Joy-Cons on one. Which I thought was a pretty cool Nintendo way to do party games. Because if you think about it, the Mario Party games were a lot of those party games that you'd play in the past. At least I did. And Sailor Poland does point out that there is uh, no Daisy in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Unless they announce something at a later date. Or maybe they'll add it as DLC. Who knows? There's just a crap load of characters in there. Was she one of the other princesses? She was from the Super Mario Land games, I think, on Game Boy. Someone in the chat room, please correct me if I got that wrong. Because I will be the first to admit I'm not 100% up on my Super Mario lore. I remember he was a plumber, and he could throw fireballs. And he ate magic mushrooms and grew. Yeah, he was a drug addict. <laughs> okay, I was right. Sailor Poland said I was right. Uh, a couple other things that came out for Nintendo. Xenoblade Chronicles 2, they're getting some DLC for it, so if you picked up that game, go ahead and get it. New Fire Emblem game coming out, which I haven't played many of the Fire Emblem games. I might try it out. This one was really cool. Uh, have you played any Fortnite, Anthony? A little bit. I've hopped in it like once or twice, but never with any friends, and so I don't really like it because I've never gone in as a group. Yeah, that, that's fair. So uh, the day they announced it, Fortnite Battle Royale coming to the Switch, it was available on the eShop like minutes after that announcement. They had 2 million downloads in the first day and a half of wow. Switch gamers downloading Fortnite Battle Royale so they could play it on their Switch. I tried it out because I figured for the sake of the podcast, I should give it a try. And I played it in handheld mode because that'd really be my only use case. I'm not going to play Fortnite docked when I could play it on my Xbox instead and have a much better experience. But in handheld mode, it was pretty good. It was perfectly playable. There was only a couple instances where the network went a little screwy. It is pretty much analogous to the same experience you'd have on an iPad or an Android tablet or phone. And it looked good. It didn't look as good as the Xbox, obviously. Draw distances were shorter. But it was well. It was easy to play. I didn't have any issues with any of the graphical compromises they might have made to play it. And if you're really curious about what they did on that, Digital Foundry has a video out that kind of talks about all of the uh, compromises they did to make it go on there. Compromise isn't quite the right term to use here. They cut back a few of the features graphically so that it would work and stay at a steady 30 frames per second. And I never had any frame jitter or anything like that. So Fortnite nice. worked really well for me. 
in handheld mode. We're getting to a cool point now, and I've seen some photos on Reddit of people like, yeah, I'm playing Fortnite with my family, and you see a kid who's there on his cell phone, another one playing on the Xbox on the TV, someone playing on a tablet, someone playing on a Switch, and you could put a bunch of people in one room and have a LAN party almost, like you did back in the day where everyone had to bring all their different computers. This is, you bring any of your devices, with the exception of one, and you can play across everything. And what do I mean by that? So there's a lot of fans who've gotten to be frustrated i don't know if anyone had seen this article here but if you have ever signed in to play fortnite with your epic account on a playstation 4 you cannot sign in on your nintendo switch to play there nor could you sign in on an xbox but people weren't noticing that because really what's the use case where someone's going to play on both an xbox and a playstation they serve the same goal but if you look at the switch perspective is this is my mobile rig i can take with me wherever i go well, they can't use the same account. And why that's the case is because Sony doesn't do cross-play with everyone. A PlayStation 4 only cross-plays with mobile and PC, whereas Xbox, Switch, PC, and mobile, they all cross-play together. So PlayStation 4 being out in the periphery of things, it's kind of stirred the hornet's nest a little bit. Uh, Fans have been cranky, and Sony put out a tone-deaf response that basically said, fans (laughs) like to play all sorts of different ways, but never really addressed the fact that Sony has it set up so that if you've ever played on a PS4 with your Epic account, it will not work on Xbox and it will not work on Nintendo Switch. You have to create a new account. So anything you've bought Mm -hmm. with microtransactions to have cool costumes or dance moves, none of it's going to carry over, which is bullshit. Yeah, but Sony only plays well with Marvel, and that's when they're getting billions of dollars for movies. Yeah, I mean, I guess (laughs) that's fair to put it. But there shouldn't be a limitation. I understand they don't want to cross-play. That's their prerogative. But they shouldn't prevent you from being able to use your Epic account on whatever device you want. Yeah. That's the part that more frustrates me. We all know they're going to keep doing their, their lockdown so that PSN doesn't work with Xbox Live and doesn't work with Switch. That's fine. The The argument they made years ago is starting to erode now. Like, we can't be sure the community's safe there and people wouldn't be saying things that wouldn't be part of our community, like cursing and trolling and things like that. You play with PC gamers. If someone's going to yeah. curse and do stuff, they're going to do it there too. So it's just. Yeah, they do it on all the networks. Yeah. <laughs> it's that, I wonder why, because it's an actual, it's, an, it's the Epic account that you have to sign into to play Fortnite, right? It's not a Sony account. Correct. So why is it that Epic made it to where Sony could lock down accounts that were made on the PS4? Because to share your DLC and stuff between different accounts, you link your Epic account to your PSN account or to your Xbox account or your Nintendo account and things like that. So, like, my Epic Games account is linked to my Xbox Live account and to my Nintendo account right now, and I got email confirmations from both when they did it so that can share stuff across there. I only set mine up on my PlayStation 4 because, of course, that's the only new system I'm running. So, yeah, I didn't even think about trying to set up on multiple accounts because I only have the one system. Well, and you'll be okay in your case. Like, if you wanted to play it on your cell phone, that will work fine. Uh, Cross-play between sony and cell phones works your account will work because you just log in with just a regular epic account on your phone it's that connection between psn xbox and nintendo switch that doesn't happen whereas we do know it's technically possible because someone screwed up at epic at one point in time like six months ago and accidentally turned crossplay on and there was psn and xbox gamers and pc gamers all playing against each other at one point in time and they oh, had to yeah. flip the switch back on because sony doesn't want to do that it's going to be interesting to watch and see how this develops because 
Fortnite is kind of an interesting phenomenon right now. There's lots and lots of people playing it. If you go and watch games on Twitch and Mixer, there's a lot of folks playing Fortnite. It's wildly popular right now. And people want to be able to share their stuff across accounts. And like I said, there weren't going to be a lot of people complaining that I couldn't share stuff between my Xbox and my PlayStation because I don't think you have a ton of households that are rocking both the PS4 and the Xbox One. But you are in a world nowadays where a lot of people are rocking the Nintendo Switch and one of those other devices because they have different use cases. That's true. So we'll just have to look and see how Sony responds to that. And I don't know, Willie might be talking about that when he gets to his coverage on stuff. We'll see in a second. Uh, let's see. What else was I going to mention from Nintendo? Super Smash Brothers. There's Splatoon 2 DLC that came out. I haven't bought it. I have no idea if it's any good. New Splatoon Amiibos. And most interestingly enough... No Metroid Prime showed off at E3. Hmm. I was very surprised to see that. We'll see what happens later down the road. Uh, I'll touch on the Microsoft stuff real quick, and then we will go to Willie's PS4 slash PSN talk. Uh, the thing that had me the most excited probably was the fact that they announced Halo Infinite. However, they did not announce anything for Halo other than the fact it's coming. We don't know a release date, anything like that. They just showed a cool trailer that showed in-game engine footage and it was gorgeous and they're back on a halo again and instead of halo 6 it's halo infinite other than that i don't know anything hmm. microsoft showed off other stuff uh gears of war 5 they showed off some info on fallout 76 which i'm super intrigued on for those that aren't aware fallout 76 evidently takes place in west virginia and one of the landmarks they showed in the trailer is woodburn hall on west virginia university's downtown campus that's a five-minute drive from my house if there's no traffic. <laughs> so I'm kind of looking forward to Fallout 76 so that I can go explore where I live in-game. It's just a cool little moment to me. It's the first Fallout game I've pre-ordered, and it's it'll be here soon enough. Chris is going to buy a game because they reference the area that he lives in in a post-apocalypse. So Sailor Poland in the chat room asked if 343 Industries is still doing Halo. They are. They did also, not officially announced here, but it's been mentioned before, they are doing a, another patch and update to the Master Chief collection would make it 4K and potentially HDR and hopefully iron out the issues. I have my concerns with 343's handling of Halo 2. It's not quite the same as how Bungie did it. It doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It just doesn't feel quite the same, if that makes sense. I don't know if it makes sense. Uh, let's see, uh, Ori World and the Will of the Wisps. There's a new Ori game coming. It looks gorgeous on uh, on screen. The Fallout 76 we talked about. Crackdown 3, we thought it might happen. No, it got pushed to 2019 now. This game's been delayed for like five years. I just want to see Terry Crews blow a bunch of stuff up. That's all I want. It's a game where Terry Crews is the main character? Terry Crews or is the main character, yeah. Or, or should I say Terry Crews is playing the main character, or is the main character actually Terry Crews? because <laughs> he's enough of a personality that he could be the main character you could just be playing as terry cruz <laughs> like i wouldn't put it past a game company to do that Ooh, microsoft actually got to reveal the first kingdom hearts 3 trailer i did not play the kingdom hearts 1 and 2 games however my college roommates did in the living room so there was a lot of moments of us all sitting around watching him play kingdom hearts 1 and 2 so there's a part of me that's like man i'm really excited to see kingdom hearts 3 and then a part of me went I should go call him and be like, hey, when you play Kingdom Hearts 3, can I come sit on your couch with a beer just like old times and watch you play this game? <laughs> just watch it again? Yes, and for those that aren't familiar, this is basically where uh, 
Square Enix, Square Soft, whatever they're calling themselves now, has created an RPG that exists across the Disneylands and semi-crosses over the Final Fantasy. So it's it's kind of cool. It's and very strange. And very, very strange. They did confirm they're going to Frozen Land, they're going to Tangled Land, and another world, in, excuse me, another level in the Toy Story world. So there's a bunch of stuff coming there. Forza 4 is coming. Microsoft has has acquired a bunch of new studios. Basically, they've heard a lot of the criticism that you don't make enough games, so they bought five new studios and brought them under the Xbox banner. So we'll see what happens with that in a Dang. couple of years. It's, it's an interesting move. Uh, going back to Kingdom Hearts, like Sailor Poland said, it's basically a love letter to Disney, fan, Disney fans. Excuse me. He's right. If you've ever played any of them or watched any of them and you like Disney, you'll love it. Shadow of the Tomb Raider's coming out. They showed a trailer, but it's not exclusive, so who cares? Devil May Cry 5 is coming out, so if you're a fan of the Devil May Cry games, you'll like that. I don't care. This one has me interested. Uh, Cuphead. This is the game I talked about on here before that was all hand animated. It looks like Steamboat Willie-esque kind of animation and art. There's a uh, DLC expansion coming out for it called The Last Course that introduces a new character. And it looks awesome and it will probably kick my ass again because Cuphead is ridiculously difficult if you haven't played it yet. It'll hand you your ass. <laughs> but you'll have fun doing it. It's, it's so strange. Uh, Battletoads is actually coming out again. There's a new Battletoads coming. So all of those memes. That are... shit, I can't believe. Motherfucking Battletoads. Oh my god. In 2019, it will have couch co-op for three players. And if it's just like the last one, it's going to kick your ass. But it'll be interesting because all those memes of calling GameStop and asking if they have Battletoads. Well, they're going to have Battletoads again now. <laughs> <laughs> way, way to ruin a meme. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Battletoads was a great game back in the day. I don't know if it was great, but it was indeed a game back in the day. I, I will agree with that part. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Gears of War 5, I did mention, was coming, but there's also an interesting one. I think it's Gears Tactics is coming out, which is like XCOM, and they're making a Funko Pop mobile game of Gears of War, which Wait, I never expected to come out. Yeah, all the characters look like Funko Pops. And they're just oh my God. and they're making Funko Pops of all the Gears characters, and this is going to be a mobile game for like cell phones and tablets and stuff and I, I can't find the name of it to save my life oh my god i'm gonna have to buy another gears game just because they're funko pops damn it <laughs> well this one you won't have to buy because it'll be excuse me on mobile which i assume means it'll be freemium which will mean free download and then okay. you can buy stuff yeah. with microtransactions potentially they didn't say any costs or anything like that so maybe i'm all wrong but yes huh. funko pop has a gears of war inspired game coming out that's awesome. I have to go find the video on that one. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch E3. I just I selectively watched certain videos that I knew were out as they went live. There's some really cool trailers. I've been watching a lot of them. Uh, Microsoft did confirm in passing, and it shouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, Head Phil Spencer mentioned the fact they are working on Xbox 2, for lack of a better term, the next gen, or the replacements of the Xbox One. Insiders have leaked out and said that it'll probably be sometime in 2020 when it drops. So get ready for the next round of the console wars, everyone. And then Microsoft closed things out with a trailer for a game called Cyberpunk 2077, which I didn't care much about until I watched the trailer and went, man, this looks really good. I then found out it's by the development team of called CD Projekt Red, who made The Witcher 3, which is one of the best RPGs out there, which has some of the best DLC I've ever played for things. So I'm really curious to see what they do with a future sci-fi-ish kind of world. The game looks gorgeous. Uh, so Cyberpunk 2077 is on my pre-order list. What did I pre-order out of E3? I pre-ordered Fallout 76, like I told you guys I would. I have in my shopping cart a pre-order for Gears of 
not Gears of War, uh, for, holy crap, I had a complete brain fart. Uh, Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers sitting in my cart. Kingdom Hearts is sitting in my cart. I haven't pulled the trigger on. And who knows what else I'm going to decide I need. Thankfully, they all don't come out at the same time. But it looks like from about October to January, I've got a game coming out each month that I want to play. And it scares the piss out of me. <laughs> at least yeah, I only have the one game that's going to take over my life to look forward to. So that makes it easier. Because I'll be able to focus on that one game. And swing around Manhattan. Oh, yeah. The Spider-Man trailer looked gorgeous. I watched the... Uh, in fact... Uh, Willie was texting all of us on the uh, ATGN Hangouts thread while he was watching the E3 event. So, well, Willie had thoughts, and I know Willie took a lot of notes. And I guess this means we need to go and find out what Willie thought about Sony's E3 event. So, give me one sec, guys, and I will queue it up. We're gonna throw things over live to one <laughs> Willie D. Nelson. Here we go. Hey everybody, this is Willie Nelson coming to you live from the E3 Floor Showcase. I'm here at the PlayStation. They just gave a great, a fantastical presentation. Oh my god, that was most amazing. Let me get into it. First thing, when they open it up and you're in that big gigantic, uh, looks like a tent revival thing. I was like, this is a little weird. But then, then he makes a Kingsman church joke scene. I was like, ah, that's pretty good. Never thought I'd see him do a Kingsman joke. Then they have this weird guy doing the banjo. Like, this place is weird. This guy's playing a banjo. Wait a second, is this, is this Last of Us 2? It is Last of Us 2. And oh my god, it looked like they rebuilt the world uh, from, you know, from... What are they? They're not zombies. Because they're not dead. The, the fungus people. Let's just call them the fungus people. So yeah, so it looks like they rebuilt the world. They're still doing, you know, keeping town safe, protected. A little bit easier. And, um, yeah, it starts off and it looks like they're... The storyline starts off in a tent that we're in right now! Woo! Where we were in. Because I'm totally at E3. Uh, I was at the Sony Cup, so that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, it's all pre-recorded. And uh, they actually made it look like in the scene that they're in uh, as they start off the trailer for uh, Last of Us 2. And, uh, yeah, I'm still confused why there is no movie for Last of Us. Doesn't make sense. And a little bit later on, we get into the gameplay. Uh, looks like the has the same item interface. Like, uh, with you use the D-pad to move through the weapons and your items you crafted and to craft. And it looks still just as violent as previous trailer. Ooh, buddy. Yeah, it was, uh... Hopefully no one will complain this time. About how violent it is, because, I mean, you should just be... Ready for that. And, uh, good news is, uh, the next up is the team at Santa Monica are working on to get a new game plus and got a war. It's just a little small blur, but there you go. Some awesomeness. And then uh, after that, they had a Call of Duty trailer. Um, they're pretty much having a freak on a leash map trailer. Because it has a bullet going through all the different maps from Black Ops 1. They're going to be putting into Black Ops 3 and 4. And I call it a freak on a leash because, yeah, if you remember the music video Freak on a Leash, it's just a bullet going through everything until it comes up to, uh, I can't remember the lead singer's name. You can tell me. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. 
and it was a boom, the whole thing. You know. And uh, mention Black Ops 3 because it is now free on PS Plus as of tonight, the day I am totally recording this in California. Yeah. Uh, next up, they had a. Uh, they had a, uh, oh my god. I don't know what this instrument is even called. No idea what to even look up. But it looks like a small handheld didgeridoo. And this guy is just playing it. He's actually played it pretty well, I would say. And I already know what's coming up. Sucker Punch's new game. The Sucker Punch, I'm sorry I said punch. Just for comedic effect. You know how it goes. And instantly the trailer shows off a gorgeous sunny slash stormy sky. You know when you can tell a storm is a coming in and it's just darkened and it makes the sunny side just that much more darkened too, but it's still bright. So they got that they got the skybox down and then the lighting effects are really gorgeous. And this looks to be, I'm calling it right now everybody, the best samurai game. I can already tell you from the little bit of the gameplay we saw, this fight scenes, it just looks like everything is super cinematic. Really super cinematic. Uh, and the game of the game is Ghost of... God, I'm never ever going to say this right. Ghost of Tsushima. I hope I'm getting that right. Never going to. Next, we have a couple of different uh, games, little small games coming out. Maybe not small, but you know what I mean. They're the trailer's from really small. They showed one called Control, and it pretty much looks like MC Escher the game. That's the best way to describe it. And then they had a what looks to be a rat simulator as they're going through this little shelving. And it gets knocked over, and oh, looks like the, the shelf fell on the rat. He's now dead. But it's a Resident Evil 2 remake. So um, I did notice a PS1 in the beginning of the trailer, so I knew it had to been something from the PS1. Or it could have been Death Stranding, because Kojima likes to throw in stuff like that himself. But it wasn't. It's was Resident Evil 2 Remake. It's coming out January 25th, 2019. And the next up is uh, from Squanch Games. They have also made some cool VR games. And this is going to be another one. They made the Smith & Smitherson Accounting Plus, And they also made the Rick and Morty VR game. Looks like they're making another one where they collab with Justin Roiland. It's called Trevor Saves the Universe, and it looks hilarious. Go ahead and look up the trailer yourself right now. I said right now. You better pause this podcast. you got time. It's okay. Go ahead. We're not pausing it, Willie. Next we have up is we Kingdom Hearts live, 3 Willie. trailer. Well, I'm just going to go out and show what they fucking just put in the trailer you got a pirates of the caribbean world you got hercules world you got the frozen world you got the toy story world you got the rapunzel world you got the monsters inc world (sighs) and not only that they are also releasing their own kingdom hearts 3 ps4 pro system chris buy a fucking ps4 might as well get a ps4 pro while you're not. Next is a game I mentioned earlier, Death Stranding. Yes, it's still the weirdest game trailer ever. 
Kojima is... I don't even know. This was five minutes, maybe probably more, of just... What? What is this? I don't even, There's no gameplay. I don't know what this is. What is the game going to be like? Can't even tell from the trailer. And then uh, next they announced Neo 2. Never played the first one, so I hear it's a good game. I just never played it myself, but that's there, there for you if you like it. Neo 2. And then the Peace the Resistance. Spider-Man! Chris, get a PS4 so you can play this awesome-looking game of Spider-Man. You have anatomically incorrect Spider-Man next to you probably right now. Just get it so you know you want to. Anyway, it looks like it starts off with um, Spider-Man fighting off Electro, who looks to be in close enough to his uh, classic costume, minus the big face shocky thing, because that thing was always weird looking. I'm glad they changed that at least. But it's close enough. The fighting in it, and this pun was completely unintended, the fighting in it is very fluid. Yeah, like with the web fluid. I didn't mean that I can see how it could be done. I'm sorry for the, for the pun. But then you had the rhino showing up, looking pretty close to the classic, uh, what you think of rhino. Then you get the scorpion, looking still just as uh, pretty classic. And it looks like the webs held out a lot during the fights. You can use a lot of it for environmentals and just uh, subduing the enemies. It looks like you're going to have a lot of fun with the combat. And what's this? The vulture pops out. And then we have a rooftop battle with all of them. Plus Mr. Negative. And uh, let's just say this trailer ends on something that angers me a little bit and that's a goddamn cliffhanger he just goes you who and then it cuts off who is it who is it what's in the box god damn it just tell me i can tell you this trailer made me web my pants uh, <laughs> i can see you face palming already chris yeah so that was uh some of that and then they had a little bit of after show. And then something that looks, that just some news that they said that was pretty interesting. They showed some gameplay, more gameplay, actual demo gameplay of um, Spider-Man. So people, somebody actually playing it there. And some more other people playing other stuff. But they made a little, little bit of soft announcement of Sony uh, Japan Studios and From Software making a VR game together. What? Called Decinia. I think that's right. My handwriting is terrible. I'm going on from what I just saw in California at the Sony E3 press conference, because that's where I am currently on this day of Monday. Whatever date it is, because I cannot remember what date the number is today. Some crack reporting, guys. But, uh, yes. From Software has also been known as making the Dark Souls and, and uh, Bloodborne games, so them teaming up with one of the actual, probably best developers we actually have in this world is Sony Japan. They make great games. So them teaming up with that to make a VR game, this is going to be something special probably. So there you go. That's Will's, that's Willie Nelson's 
special E3 press conference. Uh, review. No, not really review. I'm not reviewing anything. Newscast. No, 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 newscast. There we go. Chris, I hope you facepalm. Bachman, I want to let you know you're still my best seaman. I'm sorry I can't be there. I'm still traveling back from California. I hope to see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Remember, vote for me, 2020. I mean, you voted for Trump, so why not me too? So that was Willie live from Sony's E3 event this weekend. That was atomically incorrect, Willie. Atomically incorrect. I didn't that's, catch that at first until you guys said it in the chat room. I, I think, oh, I think really that's what we're going to call him now. He is atomically incorrect, Willie. So <laughs> uh, maybe that's the title for this week's episode: Atomically Incorrect, Willie. Mm. I'll, uh, who's a draftsman had a good one earlier in the in the chat room. They talked about <laughs> sailor pulled. Oh, we false palm face palmed in an atomically accurate way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, I said, yeah, because we talked about radio on the internet, we should call it the podcast killed the disc jockey star, which I thought was pretty good. That's pretty good, too. Yeah, so I don't know how Willie got out there, but I'm, I'm kind of jealous. I wish I got press passes or something for some way. I don't know. Bribery. It had to be bribery. Bribery? Is that what we're yeah. talking about? Like I said, bribery. Yeah, whatever works, right? You got to use what you got. But uh, Willie's right. The uh, Sony event was pretty cool. The Spider-Man game looks amazing i will again continue to admit that i have been keeping an eye in the facebook marketplace and craigslist to see what the prices are for ps4s and i just i don't know every time i see a price that looks good i go that means it must be stolen and i don't really want to deal with that and, <laughs> and you know i've also heard the horror stories of the og ps4s not the minis but or the streamlined versions that cockroaches like to make their homes and i don't want a cockroach ps4 I don't. Well, do you have cockroaches in your home? No, but that home could have cockroaches in them, and I don't want them brought to mine. I've been oh, to you, like if you get a used one. Yeah, I've been to GameStop before when someone brought in a PlayStation and they sat it down and started doing the stuff for trade and out roll a bunch of cockroaches, and I, I don't. Oh, that's yeah. insane! It, th- no joke. This is a legitimate thing that happens with the uh, original version of the PS4. Is the way the vents are set up on there, cockroaches can fit in there easily. They can make nests. They can lay eggs and stuff on the integrated power supply because it's warm and toasty and keeps them warm. So PS4s can be cockroach nests. Ew. I'm so glad I don't live out east anymore. Yeah, we don't. I, I live have in a, cockroaches in Idaho. <laughs> I live in a college town. You see, so anytime you buy something used. Half the time, it's going to be a college student that probably owned it. And yeah. you know what? When I was in college, I lived in a couple shitholes. <laughs> so, filthy. Filthy animals. All of them. Well, I mean, we cleaned up enough so that if some ladies came over, we'd be all right. But we were engineers. Like I said, the filthy animals. Ne- we were engineers. The ladies never came over. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't have good game. I don't know how I'm getting married. I still don't have good game. <laughs> Hey, you fooled her. That's all that matters. That is true. But that does wrap up our E3 coverage for this week. I'm sure there's a ton of stuff we missed. If there's something you want to hear about, you can tweet at me or Willie or Anthony on Twitter or hit up the podcast account or just hit us up somewhere and say, hey, you dumbasses, you missed this. You should talk about it. We'll bring it up in next week's show. But we aren't done with News of the Week yet. Anthony, you've got something that's not E3 related for us, right? I do, because I was very, very happy the other day. Um, A whole lot of shows got canceled at the end of last season, and I was really happy for all the shows that got instantly renewed, like uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I'm trying to remember the other ones now. I can't think of them, but I mean, there was a bunch of shows that just got picked up real fast, but the one that 
hurt me the most was Lucifer. And slight spoilers, if you hadn't been watching the show, the the show's runner tried to make it almost impossible for the show to get canceled by giving a cliffhanger that has they've been leading up to for three years. So basically, in the show, if you're not watching it, Tom Ellis plays Lucifer Morningstar, the actual devil. He comes to L.A., he opens a club, and he ends up working with this detective solving crimes basically because it's fun. And he falls in love with her. And one of the point, one of the best things about this show is that he's never lied to her. When she asks him a question, he always tells her the truth. He actually, Lucifer tells everybody the truth, which is why people don't believe the shit that he says because he tells them he's the son of the son of God. He is the devil. So to make the show to where it should not have been able to be canceled, they made it to where she finally saw his devil face. So the main character Chloe actually realizes he's been telling the truth for. The, the three seasons of the show and then bam cliffhanger that's where the show ends it's like okay so the resolution of that would be all of season four can she actually love the devil can she work with the devil will they end up together it's the whole you know moonlighting concept just with satan <laughs> and, and then of course fox because they suck canceled the show and so there have been a boo yeah, fox boo there had been another big campaign to uh, save lucifer whole lot of tweet storms, a whole lot of you know, the the Lucy fans fucking going nuts, trying to draw attention to the show and bring it back, specifically because, yeah, it ended on the cliffhanger that is to tell the main point of the show, and so we really want to see what happens next. And thankfully, our, our, our lord and savior Netflix decided to uh, resurrect Satan. So Lucy's coming back next season for season four on Netflix, and it has been fantastic to watch the social media of all the stars of the show, specifically Tom Ellis. Um, he did a huge thing, whole bunch of thank you tweets, bunch of stuff on his Instagram. And then the next morning, he literally got out his guitar, put on his plastic devil horns, and like he's got a beard right now because it's off season. And he sang a song thanking the fans and Netflix for saving the show. And then ended the video by saying, I guess I need to go sharpen these. And like, it's just so great. Um, they had a, who is it? A, yeah, it's Lucifer. Uh, Tom Ellis said, I'm so happy for all our fans. I'm going to burst. Lucifer on Netflix. Wow, that sounds nice. You fans made this happen. Hashtag Lucy fans rock. Hashtag Lucy saved. And then uh, DB Woodside, who plays uh, his brother, Amedadel, said, We're back. And then in his video, he put, uh, We just wanted to take some time to say thank you to you guys. This is happening because of you and you and you. And because all of you out there pushing it, a Mandy that we come back. We could not be happier. We're going to do our best to bring you guys the best season we have ever motherfucking done. We are back. We are back. Um, the actress that plays the de- uh, the detective, Lauren German, put up some stuff. Um, Amy Garcia put up some stuff. Uh, the lady that plays the shrink put up a video just saying how happy and excited they all were. But the best one ever is um, on the show, Lauren German's daughter is played by Scarlett Estevez. She is Trixie. And uh, Lucifer is awesome because his interaction with this character is ridiculous because at the start, he doesn't like humans at all. And like he finds her like an annoyance and it's offset because she thinks he's awesome. (laughs) And uh, Laura Gerber calls her monkey on the show all the time. So I just love the fact that she's monkey. But her parents run her social media accounts, of course, because she's like nine or ten. She's really young. But her mom recorded her when they told her the news that Netflix picked up the show. That's awesome. And, yeah, I just retweeted it. It's on my uh, twist on my uh, Twitter account right now at Anthony Bachman. And, uh, if you want to look at it, it's on her Twitter account at Scar M Estevez. 
And literally her mom has the camera on her in the car as they tell her that Netflix picked the show up and she gets to go back and do Lucifer again. And it is the most joyful expression I've ever seen on a child actor. It is the coolest thing ever. And the character she plays is awesome. Oh, yeah, and um, the other actress. I'm, I'm forgetting all the names now. But the other actress that plays Maz, uh, she put up a big video saying how happy she was to come back. And then on her Twitter, she said, okay, I'm grabbing my leather pants now. Let's get back to work. Because Mazikeen is always in leather pants. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, the whole crew just seems so excited. The showrunner's been nuts. He put up the Jon Snow video of Jon Snow coming back to life, saying we're back. Lucifer has been resurrected. So, yeah, you, you can't keep a good can't keep a good devil down. Lucifer will be back. They'll be doing uh, one more, at least one more season. It looks like it might just be one. Uh, apparently, there's some. I'm seeing some new complaints now. A day later, because uh, people are wondering why it's only ten episodes. It's Netflix. Those ten episodes, they can get you know twenty two episodes worth of Fox story told with no commercials and also no restrictions. So I don't think we're going to see like uh, like it's not going to go bloody and be crazy and full of nudity and stuff because I don't think that would fit the tone of the show. But it will be cool to see if they if they push the boundary a little bit, just because they they won't have any TV restrictions being on Netflix. But because of the show's fan base that they have, I don't think they'll really go too far. I'm not expecting what would be like a like an NC-17 or R-rated Lucifer. I think it's going to be basically the same show. Just you know, they'll have that Netflix model where the if the storyline for the episode needs 42 minutes, it'll be 42 minutes, and if it needs 52, it'll be 52. But yeah, so we're getting 10 more episodes of. Uh, for season four of Lucifer, and we're gonna get to see what the hell happens when the detective confronts you know, confronts Lucifer after seeing his devil face, which is oh, was such a hellaciously good cliffhanger. Yeah, I've heard it's a good show. I have not started watching it yet, and I also have to agree with Sudden Casting. You guys, I wish someone would pick up Face Off. Yeah, me too. I'm really bummed. This that the was the special season. effects one, right? Yeah, last season right now is airing on Siffy. Yeah, Siffy, there's another network. Oh, we'll run something, but if we don't own it and it starts making money, we cancel it. What the fuck? Well, to be fair, Face Off's on season 13 right now. So, I mean, it's not like it didn't get a fair uh, run. They do about two seasons a year. But it's it's a fun show. If you haven't watched it before, the whole concept is makeup and special effects. And it's a reality show competition thing without, like, the fake drama of reality shows. Where really it's just all about, here's what you got to make this week. And you see them make it and you see the final result and the judges rank and score it and move people on there's some incredible stuff that people do in there i like it i miss i see i I like the i like reality shows that are actual reality shows like that where it's competitions like the only one that i've consistently watched is next ultimate fighter right because you can't write that show there's no storytellers there's no writers on the show they can edit the stuff that happens in the house but you can't change who beat the fuck out of someone in the game and the nice thing with this one though (laughs) is you don't get that fake person x hates person y and let's watch them fight on camera it's yeah it's they seem like they get along someone's having a hard time with something someone walks over and gives them a couple suggestions on something to try or the time's running out for the day and you see someone come (laughs) over and help them finish cleaning out their mold so it doesn't have a bunch of dried clay the next day there's actually like a community they're, they're a community that help each other in this competition and i think a lot of them genuinely like each other Oh, Sailor nice. Poland. He says in the chat room, the only reality shows I've watched were Queer Eye, BattleBots, and Junkyard Wars. Uh, BattleBots and Junkyard Wars are amazing, and the BattleBots is on right now if you haven't seen it. Uh, Discovery Channel has the latest season of BattleBots. Oh, I, I did watch the first two or three episodes of Nailed It on Netflix, which is hilarious because it's amateur cooks trying to make recipes and like duplicate stuff off the internet. 
And that one's hilarious because they know they're not good. They don't expect it to be good. And the stuff usually looks atrocious. And they just, they made the show funny. Like one of the awards you can win in the first round is the ability to annoy contestants in the second round where you hit a button and the host goes and bugs somebody, bugs one of your contestants and like yells at them for a minute just to distract them. Like it's hilarious. Yeah, there's some good stuff. I would love to see Netflix pick it up or Hulu or something like that because I think the formula is always the same in Face Off, but with different contestants and different themes, it's always a little different. So I think there's fun that could be had with it. So uh, fingers crossed it gets picked up somewhere. I don't remember if I don't, excuse me, I don't expect that it's probably going to because most of the outrage, for lack of a better term, seems to have died down at this point, and that's disappointing. I didn't realize Face Off had been going for 13 years, though. Well, I don't think it's been 13 years because they do like two seasons a year. 13 seasons, so they've been going like six, six and a half years. Something like that. I mean, it's been on for a while, and the spinoff didn't really work. They were trying to do something with like create your own Hollywood sets and stuff like that. It didn't quite work. But what does quite work is the Gunna Geek Network. We've got a variety of different podcasts that cover all sorts of different topics. You're used to shows like us, the TGN show, where we talk about everything nerdy because we have ADD and can't focus on one thing. But that's okay. If you don't want to hear about everything, we've got shows that are focused on one specific thing. Gallifrey Public Radio for Doctor Who, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the MCU, Starling Tribune for Arrow. We've got stuff about tabletop gaming, video gaming. There is a variety of different shows you can find. Just head on over to GunnaGeek.com. But each week we like to give you a taste of one other show and say, hey, hey, you guys want to check this one out? You guys should learn about this one. And last week we talked about Game Life Balance Australia. So I think it's only fair to talk about Game Life Balance US this week. That's right. We have the same show in Australia and the United States. They're sister shows. And in episode 52 of the US variant, it's entitled Interview with the Minds Behind the Games author Patrick Hickey Jr. You know the names behind your favorite films, comic books, and screenplays. So why don't you know the names behind your favorite video games? On this special episode, the verified Cody Goff interviews Patrick Hickey Jr., author of The Minds Behind the Games, interviews with cult and classic video game developers. Patrick gives the inside scoop of his conversations with the creators of games like NBA Jam, Night Trap, Maniac Mansion, and many more. So you can go and check that out over at GunnaGeek.com. That sounds like it could be a fun one. Uh, Those games he listed there are games I have fond childhood memories of, especially NBA Jam. I played that game a lot in the arcades. Is it the shoes? He's on fire! (laughs) Great games. So go check out Game Life Balance US over at gunnageek.com. But looking at the show, excuse me, looking at the time, it is time for us to start wrapping up the show. And we wrap up with a traditional bit called What I'm Into. It's our chance to share with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date just what kind of geeky and nerdy things we've been getting into so that maybe, just maybe, you'll want to go and check them out yourselves. I'll kick things off first, and then we'll let Anthony wrap it up. Let's see. I have been playing Pokemon Go pretty much all day Saturday. It was the community day, so my fiancé and I went out from about 2 to 5 and caught all sorts of Pokemon, did a bunch of different raids, hit up Pokemon gyms, and then went and ate some dinner and did some more adventures that night. But it was a surprisingly fun afternoon. I think it's fair to say I'm back into playing Pokemon Go again, guys. I I was free. I was free. (laughs) And on that, I have to say on Twitter yesterday, I saw a flyer. I don't know if it's real, but I wouldn't put it past a recruiter to do it. It was a Navy recruiter 
saying, do you play Pokemon Go? Would you like to catch Pokemon all across the world? The Navy can help you travel the world and play Pokemon Go on a global scale. Call your local recruiter. And then it had like the numbers to pull off the tags. I don't know if it's real or not. But yeah, honestly, some of the stuff I've seen recruiters do, I would not put it past them recruiting somebody to get them to play Pokemon Go. And yeah, you, you could get, you know, there's there's certain Pokemon that are only in certain countries. So it's possible. It could be a way to play Pokemon Go worldwide. Just join the Navy. <laughs> there you go. Join the Navy. You too can catch Pokemon all across the world. Some other stuff I'm getting into is we have two Xboxes in the house. The one just went ass up and stopped working. Now, the good thing is the warranty on it doesn't expire until Jan- excuse me, July 4th. So I sent it in for warranty work, and I sent it on Twitter, but I want to say it here. Kudos to the Microsoft Xbox support staff. Every time I've had to reach out for them, to them for something it's been done quickly efficiently they've answered any question i had and it's been relatively painless so when it comes to having to deal with a console screwing up or having an issue with it they have been fantastic i worked with them on their chat support all the time when i do it and i've never had an issue in fact afterwards the person who was doing the chat sent me an email that said hey if anything happens and you have any issues here's my direct line just send me an email which i thought was pretty cool And in fact, one of the guys, when I was doing research, because I was looking at getting a uh, Surface laptop or a Surface book, I was asking some questions to one of their guys on chat support, and he asked what one of the use cases was. And I said, I want to use it for podcasting and to be a mobile studio to write some stuff up on the fly, because we also post videos on YouTube. He goes, oh, what's your YouTube channel? So I actually sent him a link to youtube.com slash gunna geek. And he goes, well, when I go on my lunch break, I'll make sure I go and subscribe. I'm not allowed to do it now. And I kid you not, like two days later... He subscribed to the YouTube channel for Gunna Geek and sent a message and said, I told you I was going to do it. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. It's cool moments like that working with customers out there that make people be like, okay, Microsoft support, you've done a good job helping me out. So again, kudos to Microsoft support. They've been very helpful to me. A couple other things I've been getting into. Uh, I've been playing Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition on the Switch right now. Yes, it is a port of the old game, I think on Wii U and DS, but they've updated it, put put all the DLC in it. It's very much like the Fire Emblem games. I've been having a lot of fun with it. And uh, I don't know quite what I'm doing yet, but I've really enjoyed it. And this last one, this will make Naki proud when she hears about it. She's talked a lot about how much she loves Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I originally watched the first two episodes and went, I don't care about this. So finally I went back and started watching it again because we have Hulu. I am eight episodes into season one of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It is absolutely hilarious. So Naki, you were right. It's a fun show. It's hilarious. I do enjoy it, so uh, I tip my metaphorical hat to you for pointing it out to me, and I will continue watching it. Thankfully, I will get to watch the final season live with the rest of you guys. But yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine's pretty funny. Terry Crews is the man. He really is. (laughs) Well, that's what I've been getting into. Anthony, what have you been getting into, sir? Uh, I finally watched Annihilation last night. I'm sad I missed it on the big screen. That was a very cool, trippy movie. Uh, The scientific concept behind it that everybody said like when you realize what's going on like it is a very very cool f- theory and it's it's one of those sci-fi movies it's like how has nobody thought of this before because it makes when you come up with the idea it makes total sense it would make for a great story so yeah it's it's really well written like it, it's one where i mean i enjoyed it but it tripped me out i'm gonna have to rewatch it two or three times because that was it was a really really crazy really fun movie um i finally watched uh the making of fun the, the Funko documentary on Netflix. I, I didn't think it was possible, but it makes me like the company even more, and I want to go buy more Funkos. It's, it's <laughs> Only the villains, <laughs> right? 
It's well, that restriction went away a while ago. <laughs> but yeah, like it's so crazy watching that. And the weirdest thing is knowing that I was living in Everett while that company was basically being created. And like I was shopping at my local comic book store like two blocks away from their headquarters and had no clue they existed because I wasn't a fan of Funko with their original Wacky Wobblers or their original pieces until the Pops came out. And it's also funny because in the documentary, it's the entire history of the company. And then they get to the point where they they created the Pops, which were created off of uh, originally they were going to be DC plushes. They were plushes when they got the DC IP. And when they looked at them, they realized that they, the the proportions would make like really good uh, vinyl toys as well. And so what they first brought was like a strain of, I think it was a line of five of the DC characters were done in the pop style with the big heads and the short bodies. And yeah, it all grew out from there. But there was actual backlash within like the Funko community of a lot of the classic uh, collectors of Funko did not like the pops. And I guess some of them still don't. They just, they don't dig the style, which, you know, they're, they're very stylized toys. It makes sense. But yeah, it was funny to see that in the in the movie because they're talking to these people that have been there collecting like the Freddy Funko stuff since the beginning of the company in '98, and like these people that have you know three four times the like the biggest collections I've seen where it's like you know a, a large room in their house is nothing but Funko products and they don't own any of the Funko pops. It's literally all the other stuff from Funko. They've made a lot of toys over the years, but it is a fantastic documentary. It's on Netflix. I would I would recommend it. Um, it was really fun. And what then, was the um, name of it again? They're asking the uh, chat room. It's, it's uh, making the making of fun or making of fun. I don't think there's a. The, I think it's just making of fun. But yeah, it's it's the Funko documentary. It is it is so good, and it's awesome to see. Like it's all the original people. The the guy that started the company, his three friends he started it with, and then it's one of those ones where they were they started making enough money. They'd been there, like the owner had been in there. They'd been running it for five years, and it's right before their IP blew up, but they were doing really well. And he decided he wanted to step aside because he was just burned out. And like apparently there were a bunch of people trying to bid and buy it. And one of the guys that he knew, who was basically friends with him through uh, different transactions, said, well, you know, what if I got some money together with some of my friends and we bought the company from you? And that's the guy who still currently owns it. And the the original creator is so happy that he sold to that guy because that's the guy that pushed Funko in the way it is now, where it's you know they have more IP than like any toy company in the world, and it's awesome because yeah, like they still work together. And then the guy who originally created Funko went off and started a toy uh, clothing company in San Diego, and then that's where they started making the Funko clothing because after a couple of years, when Funko was expanding the new CEO decided they wanted to start doing the t-shirts. And so he went to the original guy who started Funko and said, Hey, you have a clothing company. Funko now wants to do t-shirts. Why don't we bring you back into the Funko company? And basically Funko like absorbed that t-shirt company and they became Funko South. And so all the t-shirts and stuff are designed in a, in a, a building that's down in San Diego, which is like the, the satellite Funko office. So yeah, the guy who started Funko ended up going back to Funko by starting another company. Like it, the, the I think the guy's name is Mike, but yeah, just apparently he's just a genius for you know building companies. Like he has an idea and they work because he's created some really really good stuff. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a damn fun one. Oh, the first one, the sci-fi one was an uh, Annihilation. That was the one with um, damn it, Luke's mom, Natalie Portman. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I saw what, the previous. What's that one, one where? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's that one where Luke Skywalker's mom is there? Yeah, the guy who doesn't like sand kills his wife. What's his wife's name? 
Yeah, Natalie Portman. Uh, yeah, that was, it was really good. It's a super trippy sci-fi one, and yeah, it's um when you find out what the like the theory behind the basis of the story of how why things are going weird. Like it's such a it's one of those ones where it's a simple concept, but it makes for so many options in storytelling that it's a fantastic concept. Yeah, it's one of those ones where when the writer wrote it, he must have thought, "How has nobody done this before?" Because it makes so much sense. But yeah, Annihilation was great, and then um. I've been working on a couple of art pieces for the Fantasy Comic League. I got the layouts done for the winners for season one. Um, one of them, she doesn't want to see it until it arrives, so I'm not sharing pictures with it of anybody online. But yeah, it's uh, I'm doing a Misty Night and a female Wolverine, so I got the layouts on those done or almost done. Misty Night's got I got to finish her bodysuit, then I'll be able to take those to ink. But I've been uh, working on my uh, Little Killer series. I finished up some of the sketch cards. I got um, Billy finished. So I got the I want to play a game sketch card with Billy from Saw. But I turned the background into puzzle pieces, which was really fun. And then I finished um, Ghostface last night. Just gave him a nice, simple black background. Got his little bloody knife there. And yeah, working on a... Finally got me some nice gel pens to do the white outlines. So that when you're when you're running over stuff with Copics and doing layers of them, sometimes you get a lot of bleed, depending on the card type or the paper type you're using. So having those uh, nice uh, gel pens to go over with the white to do the surrounding is really nice. And then um, I've got Jason almost finished inked. I got a little nice. Jason Voorhees. And I, I worked on there's a sign and a trees in the background. So I got to ink those today. And then um, this one is going to be going to a friend. It's already been called dibs on. And she uh, she left our office and we're sad to see her go. So I told her it would be um, she could choose one of these as her going away present. But I got to. Mr. Uh, Charles Lee Ray, Chucky, and I designed the the outside border is actually the box for the original fun uh, good guys. So it says he wants you to be his best friend, and so that I'm going to just put yellow across that. But yeah, like even the type on the box was creepy when you go back and look at that original movie. Like I love Chucky; it's so well done. And yeah, uh, played a bunch of finished off the the one year anniversary on Overwatch last weekend, and at the end of I think a Monday, uh, yeah, got up. Got a bunch of the anniversary loot boxes, and it was double XP. And so, yeah, between... So when Maya got it for me, I was only level 10, so I couldn't do competitive with them because you had to be level 25. And I played a little yesterday right after I came home from work, and I passed level 90. So, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. God damn. Maya and Willie. Yeah, we well, we played a ton this weekend, and yeah, the, the anniversary stuff, you had double XP, and then uh, the anniversary loot boxes where... It's cool because what they do is... um. Like during uh, the Chinese Lunar Festival, they had specific Lunar Festival costumes you could unlock. And then uh, during the winter, they had winter costumes you could unlock, which is cool because then for Junkrat, who's an Australian character, his winter costume was summer beachwear <laughs> because it's the summer in Australia. And then um, what they did for the anniversary was during the anniversary all suits for all events were available again. So in the anniversary loot boxes, you could unlock like the winter costume of a character or the summer costume of a character or the Olympic costume of a character. So it was kind of a cool way where they made it to, okay, during the anniversary, we're going to like make everything available again to where then like some of the costumes were, if they weren't available before, um, you could get them in the loot boxes or you could buy them. And so it was cool because it, it gives you the option like, hey, I wasn't at, you know, I wasn't playing Overwatch during the first Halloween, so I wasn't able to get the Halloween costume that I like of this character, but now I can get it during the anniversary. So, yeah, that was kind of cool because they made it to where certain stuff was unlocked. There's still stuff that's, um, there was still stuff that was completely locked, though, which I guess you couldn't buy them, but they were still 
you get a chance to get them in the anniversary loot boxes because there's like a Winston costume from Blizzard World 2016 where the only way to get it was to get the unlock code like on your your badge by attending Wizard World or Blizzard Con or whatever it is. And so I guess that one was available to be unlocked, but you couldn't buy it. So it still was just a chance of getting it. But I didn't get any of those unlocked. But I did get some cool ones. I got there's a guy named Genji in the game who's a ninja, and I got his uh, Sentai outfit where he basically looks like a Green Power Ranger. So that was one of the few that I wanted, and I got it. So I'm happy because he looks really cool. <laughs> yep, that's what I've been getting into. Not too bad. So looks like we all been having a bit of fun here. There's so much stuff going on right now. It's just beginning of the summer. Hopefully Willie is back next week. He was taking a hiatus from his return from California. Wink, wink. And he was <laughs> going to go ride some roller coasters. So he will be back next week. We can hear all about his final E3 thoughts and, of course, how he did riding roller coasters. I have no idea what we're going to talk about next week, but I'm sure we'll find something both stupid and or crazy to talk about, if that makes sense. I can't. Always. I mean, that, that's how this show works. So don't forget, we stream live every Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central over on Geeks.Live. That's the streaming home of the Gunna Geek Network. You can catch all sorts of other content there. Just head on over to Geeks.Live. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. There is the calendar of live events. Today is a pretty full day. I do believe there is a Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. about a half hour from now as we record this. There is no Starling Tribune this evening, but I do know at 9 p.m. Eastern is Pop X Cast. So, tons and tons of stuff going on. Anthony, you got any final thoughts as we wrap things up? I'm jealous. I want ATGN Australia. Where's our sister show? Uh, yeah, we need to work on that. So, if you're in Australia and you want to have the Australian edition Ooh. of the All Things Good and Nerdy Ooh, podcast. Let's send Willie to Australia. <laughs> do you know how many people he defend? Did you hear him try and do an Australian accent? Uh, I know. That's why it'll be entertaining. Oh, man, that's a bad idea, so we have to do it. And he has to live stream the whole damn thing. So thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we will see you all next week for another brand-new episode of the show. Bye, guys. Later. Thanks for listening to this brand-new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us at atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at atgnpodcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.